Hey y'all, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm your host, Ainsley B, and I can't wait to share with you some amazing guests on this season of the podcast. Our goal here is to help one another find, keep, and share our wild confidence in Christ. I'm so thankful you're joining us, and if you love the episode today, I'd be so grateful if you left a review or shared it with a friend. All right, all right, let's hop in. I can't wait to meet our guest today. You may know Lacey Abercrombie from her hilarious Jesse Beth character on TikTok or her wisdom and wonderful sharing of the gospel on Instagram. Either way, she is amazing, and I cannot wait for you to meet her and hear all about her story and her heart for the next generation. Y'all welcome Lacey Abercrombie to Wild Confidence. Lacey, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm so excited to hang out with you today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You can tell the truth that your coffee is just still in the works. It's still like coursing through your veins. (laughs) I'm just, I'm kind of a work in progress at this point, but I think as, as, as this podcast continues on, I'll be more and more alert and alive. (laughs) And with every sip comes new life. Exactly. That's in the ABV. I was going to say that's somewhere in the Bible. I'm positive. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So I know who you are obviously from Instagram or TikTok or a combination of the two. I'm not really sure, but I think that you and I have similar hearts and that is why I'm so pumped to actually get to hang out with the excuse and the illusion of just a podcast recording. Um, (laughs) So tell me about your, I don't even want to call you an influencer, but I guess that's like the, just the term that we're like, I mean, I don't know what else. So yeah, tell me about your influencer quote unquote journey. And if that's what you call yourself, you know, I, I don't like the term influencer because I feel like it attaches me to like a group of people that want to sell you something. And I don't want to sell anything to anybody. I want to authentically lead people and which sounds even cheesier than maybe just accepting (laughs) that I'm an influencer. But um, I, a lot of people do reference, like they do call me an influencer and say like, you're my favorite influencer. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to accept that whenever you influence people, you're an influencer. So everyone's really an influencer if you think about it. Um, But the journey, it's so funny. I've never, ever, ever sought out a platform ever. I never, like, I can't say I never wanted followers because everybody wants followers at some point, but I never in a million years thought I would be where I am now. Um, And the Lord has just, I remember like, uh, when I was 18, like deleting my Instagram and deleting all social media and just taking a break and then getting back on and just getting my follow all my followers back immediately. And I was just like, Lord, what, like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that God like wanted to use my platform for something, but, um, it really wasn't until Jesse Beth took off, which is my TikTok character, um, that I play. Uh, that was in 2020, June of 2020 is when I first made my first Jesse Beth TikTok. When that took off, um, Instagram and TikTok just really just started to grow. And so then it kind of like was like, oh, I got to really take this seriously. This is like now it's a holy responsibility to be in front of this many people. And so, Mm. yeah. Okay. You said two things that I want to kind of circle back to. First, um, I want an introduction on who Jazzy Beth is 
You just said she was your TikTok character. I think she's probably the best TikTok character on TikTok, in my opinion. But tell us all about our girl. Jesse, so Jesse Beth was birthed um, out of, uh, I, my friends used to ask me for advice, like in high school. And instead of just giving them advice, they would ask me for like specifically boy advice. And they would be like, you know, I want to do this guy. What do you think? Instead of just giving them normal advice, I would turn into this character called Jesse Beth and preach a sermon. Stop. And Wait, so this is I like would a just, real, this came from your real life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I would like, I would like pretend to be like a women's conference speaker I would like grab the nearest book and like put my finger in it like it was a bible and uh preach a sermon so one of the first sermons I ever preached was one of my friends asked me about this guy she had a crush on his name was Manny and I turned it into this sermon about him being a Manny of God because he actually really was amazing so Jesse Beth uh it's short for Jezebel Bathsheba and she is a women's conference speaker but she is everything that you like love to hate about women who love Jesus. It's like, just, she's very, just, she uses like your prayer requests. Like she, she gossips in the form of prayer requests. And she tells you that modest is hottest and that you should not wear low cut shirts. And like, she's just very, um, she's an interesting lady. And if you want to see more, you can always go to my TikTok and honestly just binge watch the videos. They will make you cringe. And that's But also cry laughing. They're amazing. But you, so okay, so you just said, go to your TikTok. What is your TikTok handle? Like right off the bat, just in case um, somebody, cause I know somebody's like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm going now. Yeah. Going now. Pause. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's at Aber- Abercrombie Lacey. So it's the same as my Instagram. Okay. Perfect. And Abercrombie is like the store. Rip. It is. But, oh, actually, no, it's still thriving actually. Just not in yeah. the form that I once knew. Um, yeah. And Lacey is L-A-C-Y. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Pause. Go check out Jesse Beth. You're going to love that and then come back and hang out with us again because the other thing you said that I actually really think a lot of uh even Christian influencers let's quote unquote kind of should grasp is the holy responsibility so what are you what made you say that specifically um just honestly if I can just be a thousand percent transparent really only in the last like two months (laughs) has the Lord really, 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 really gotten into my heart and broke down these barriers of like, you have to be doing this uh, for me. And Mm -hmm. whenever I realized that the Lord was giving me this platform as a way to build his kingdom, instead of just as a way to like, for people to like photos of me or think I'd funny because everybody wants everybody wants followers everyone wants to go viral everyone wants to do that which I'm like I could tell you all of the ins and outs and reasons you don't want that um in a whole nother podcast because it's not it's not everything it's cracked up to be but when God gives you and mine was not sought out it was given I never like used the hashtags and tried to get a following it was given to me so when it's given to you the Lord gives uh us a platform and a lot of people to watch a lot of eyes on you And then he says, with that comes a holy responsibility. It's not this weighted down thing where your shoulders feel like, oh gosh, I can't do this. It's a holy weight of like, okay, everything that you post, everything that you say is, has to be about me for me or make its way around to me. And really only in the last two months have I really been taking that as seriously as I should have been the entire time. 
And I regret mm-hmm. not taking it seriously sooner because um, of just the way that God has in the last two months used my story and the way that I've been able to um, evangelize and things like that. So I think it's a holy responsibility because there's a, there's a weight that uh, comes with having thousands and thousands of people watching you. Yeah. Um, thousands of people listening to you on a podcast, like any, any, any platform that God gives you, there is a, whether it's 12 followers or 60,000 followers, uh, we have a responsibility to reflect the heart of Jesus and reflect um, who he is to us and what he's done in our lives. And that yeah. should be the driving force for any platform that we sit on. So, yeah, yeah, you're so right. Well, I've really even noticed, um, like following you on Instagram, the, whenever you kind of take time and read the word and you're like, Hey, this is what I'm getting from the word. I have even seen such an uptick in that lately. Not that I felt like that was missing at all from your content. It was just like, Oh, wait, I really like that she's sharing this. I really, Oh, I really like that. She started doing this more. Um, and I think that it, it does put Lisa Harper always says puts the cookies on the bottom shelf for people Mm -hmm. to get the word and get a relatable, um, communication, you know, someone they look up to someone they respect. They're like, wow, this is what you're learning right now. This is amazing. It makes me want to learn that as well and get into the word as well. Yeah. So I love that you, um, you were talking about, you could do a whole podcast on why you don't want to go viral and stuff like that. So I'm also just wondering with the idea that so many people are pursuing a platform and pursuing a following and not just given, not just given it, not like that's a a throwaway thing, but Mm -hmm. it's just different, right? People are pursuing things differently. What are some myths and assumptions that people may have when it comes to getting this thing that they might be desiring or pursuing? I think I first, first and foremost, want to say like, if you're chasing a platform, you're chasing the wrong thing. So if you're, if you wake up in the morning hungry for followers or for a platform or for uh, more people to watch you, it's, you're chasing the wrong thing. I would say, um, seek first his kingdom and then all else will be given to you. And that is really, and I don't even say that to be overly Christian. I mean, that is just the truth. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I'll say is, uh, I think that there's this like, people think like, well, if I just had more followers, then I could X, Y, Z, whatever it is, fill in the blank for yourself. So some people say, well, if I had like more followers or if I had a stage, then I could share the gospel. Well, if I had more followers or if I had, you know, a microphone, then I could share my story. Uh, I would say that is uh, completely untrue. If you have a story, you can share it. And if you have the gospel and if you know Jesus and you have him in your heart, you can share him. So people are in my DMs all the time. Like, I really want to be a speaker. And I like, I want to speak in front of people. And I want to, and I, how do you, how did you get there? How did you do that? And I'm like, just like, start with the person at Seven Eleven. like, just start yeah. with like the person that's right in front of you and um, share the hope that you've been given and do, do it in these small, tiny places, because with what you do with little, then God will give you more and more and more. Um, but I think that's one of the things. And then another thing is like, if I'm just, if I'm famous on the internet, then I'll be happy or then I'll be full or then I'll be more confident. And I'm like, (laughs) if anything, (laughs) being famous on the internet has stripped that from me and caused me to depend and rely on the Lord 
more than I ever have in my life because people, as much as it's an encouraging place and can be really uplifting, it is a horrible, horrible place. And people are terribly mean. Mm -hmm. Um, I posted a TikTok not too long ago, probably about a month ago, maybe a little over a month. And it was just me being funny. It wasn't a Jazzy Beth TikTok. It was just like me being silly with like a trending sound. The comments I got on that video about my appearance and about my weight and just these a ton of men coming to just completely rip me to shreds. I had to, I deleted the TikTok because I was like, I can't discipline myself enough to not read these comments. So I just ended up deleting the the video because I was like, oh my goodness, it's brutal. And it'll really, being famous on the internet, like having a following and having a lot of comments will really make you question everything. If you're not solidified in your calling, you'll really, at the end of the day, you'll be reading those comments thinking, am I really supposed to be doing this? Or am I supposed to, does God really, and you'll have all the, it's like, I would, if I could go back in time, I, sometimes I think, sometimes I think, because for the most part, God has done just such an amazing work through my social media and through like the Jazzy Beth videos, which is so funny to say. Mm-hmm. But if I, I sometimes think if I could go back in time, would I do it again? Like, would I, would I want this? Oh, wow. I don't know. So I think that there's just a misconception of what, what being famous on the internet and having all these eyes on you, while yes, it can be really amazing and God can really use it for his glory and he will. But at the same time, there are some really ugly parts of it that I, I wouldn't want, I, I just think about my future daughter and I'm like, oh, I want to shield her from the internet for as long as possible because it can be a very ugly place and a very scary place too. So, yes, I could not agree more. And the future daughter thought is, <clears throat> it hits me hard because my daughter's one. And so yeah. she's no longer future. She's right here in the present. And I like the fear is so active and yeah it's, it's such a scary place. I don't, I have like a fraction of, you know, the TikTok followers that you have. And I just do the exclusive Enneagram content, but the way that you're talking about, like you start to question yourself, you start to question all the, all these things. Like I have sat through hours and hours and hours of Enneagram sessions and all of this to get my certification, right? I took like a master's level thing for this certification. Mm -hmm. And so when I post these stereotypical silly videos and someone's like, this is not that type, this is that type. I'm always like, wait, is it? Wait, is it? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, there's a reason that I I did like, there's an education behind this. And, but it does. I mean, exactly. It's obviously on a small scale, but it does. No, that's a great example. Like, yeah. What, what it just questions my credibility and my totally. qualification. And whenever you put that in the terms of like the spiritual and you start to question this anointing or this gift, it's so like the apple in the garden, like you're just totally. taking a bite of it and all totally. of these things just kind of crumble around you. That yeah. Sense. It's lame. Being famous is lame. <laughs> It's not, it's really not all it's cracked up to be people. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I mean, people do need to hear that though. That is seriously, will preach. That will preach. Quick question for you. Have you ever dated a boo-boo dude? <laughs> if you don't know what that is, don't worry. A boo-boo dude is someone who leaves you on red, leaves you on the back burner, or leaves you wondering where you stand with them as a manipulation tactic. These kind of relationships can be 
you know, anything from just unhealthy all the way to straight up abusive and you need to get out. So how do you identify this? What does that look like? All of this information and more, especially including how to help a friend who might be in one of these relationships is in the book that I put out recently called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude. It is found anywhere books are sold, Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, you know, all the places, all the things. I would love if you picked up the copy today and send me a message. Tell me what you think about it. And remember, don't date a boo-boo dude. But one of my favorite things too about you, and I think this is why I love engaging with you so much and following you online is your heart for the next generation. I think that sometimes whenever I tell people that I'm in love with high school students and college students in the least creepy way you could possibly be, they still are like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what you mean. So you have that heart, like you love the next gen. And I just want to hear more about your heart for them and what that means, what they mean to you and all of those things. Oh, I just, I could cry. I love, um, I love student ministry. I think it is just the most important thing that we have. I think that students are the hope of the world. I think that they are, they are the, they're going to be, I think, I believe we're living in it. The next generation, uh, we're living in the revival and we're living Mm -hmm. in, um, the next generation rising up, but I think that they are the hope of the world. And, um, I think about the reason I'm so passionate about the next generation is because whenever I was um, 14, 15, and 16, those were the darkest years of my life. Um, And I don't say that lightly. I say, I mean, I was struggling with an addiction to pornography and eating disorder. I was self-harming. And I tried to take my own life three times before I was 16. So when I say dark, it was very, very dark. And I think that what I needed at that time wasn't somebody older than me to come and over-spiritualize everything. And just be like, I'm really praying for you. Uh, rather than that, I just needed someone to come and like walk alongside me and live alongside me, have coffee with me, have me over to their house to play board games and yeah. live a life alongside of me so that uh, I could better understand the gospel and better understand Jesus. Because whenever I was younger, I would go to youth group and I I had no clear direction of what I was supposed to be doing with my life or what I was supposed to be. How do you live for Jesus? Um, I just would literally memorize the lyrics of worship songs so that I could close my eyes because everybody else was. And I didn't understand mm. that whenever you come to know Jesus, he actually like changes you from the inside out. We would sing that song inside out, the consume me from the inside. Yeah. And I was like, and I knew every word of it. And I would close my eyes and I'd like lift my hands and sing it, but I had no idea what it meant for God to actually consume me. And so um, I just think about who I needed when I was younger and who I wanted, man, I just like freaking wish that I had somebody that would have just lived life alongside of me. And of course, prayed for me and challenged me and held me accountable and asked me hard questions and cried with me. I would have loved to have all of that. But even more than that, I would have loved to just have somebody that loved me. And so whenever I turned 18, it was like, I want to be a small group leader immediately. Like I, so I've been doing small group ministry, girls ministry for 11 years and been a small group leader and watched girls go from freshman to senior and graduate and go to college. And like, has every girl that I've, as it's ever sat under me been like this perfect, amazing Christian girl, who's now a leader and 
going and speaking at conferences? No. Have I always been the best small group leader? Absolutely not. Um, have I said the wrong thing at the wrong time? Thousand million times over. But yeah. God uses our, our willingness and our surrender to speak to the next generation. And I think that God has just been so faithful in my life to just bring me the broken and bring me the hurting um, just because I show up at a Wednesday night youth group. You know what I mean? And yes. I'm just willing. I'm like, I will spend my time. I will live the rest of my life and I will spend it with the next generation if that's what you want me to do. And when you come to the Lord with that kind of surrender and that kind of willingness, he will give it to you and he will let you lead. And so um, I just love the next generation. And I hope that I'm always, I hope I always joke that I'm going to be doing student ministry until I'm 75, but I don't think it's a joke anymore. <laughs> I think I really will. So I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> He's like, that's not funny. Like, that's not funny. That's serious. I'm like, okay, perfect. Actually, no, for real. As long as I I can be relatable to students, I will be. As long as I can just maintain like the cool factor, I will, I will do student ministry. 100%. But the thing is, is that the older you get, the cooler you get. Like one, there's that like one little, no, 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 hear me out. The 70 plus crowd who work in student ministry, I'm obsessed with them. There's a man named Dermot who I was a high school oh. minister. Yes. I, look, let me tell you about Dermot. I was a Dermot. high school minister before we moved to um, Baton Rouge. So in Houston, that's probably why I loved it so much is I was literally leading high school students for my job. Yeah. And I literally call it my dream job. Like I was working my dream job in student ministry and my husband can't quite figure that out, how that makes sense, but it, it just does. <laughs> yeah. And Dermot was one of our volunteers and my man I actually don't know how old he was, but definitely somewhere in, you know, north of 60 for sure. Yeah. And he was, and still is, he still exists, but he is my favorite. Like he always, like people were just drawn to him and he had this no BS way of communicating the gospel. (laughs) And that's what students love. The cool factor is the honest factor to me. Like it's yeah. just being straight up with them and not doing this whole like, well, doo, 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 doo. like I'm going to yeah. talk to you like a, a, almost like a parent would versus I'm just going to talk to you and be real with you. Like, yeah. I know that this is hard. I know that yeah. this is dark. I know what life is like. And this is the hope, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay. But what, what you said actually is super profound and connects to what you said earlier and it was the thing that you needed. And it was the someone to walk alongside you. Because whenever you were talking about the people uh, pursuing the platform, that is two different places. You cannot be right beside someone and like on this platform and like at the exact yeah. same time, right? Yeah. And what is more totally. powerful for young adults? The right yeah. beside. Right. I think it's right beside. I think that you oh, can like listen to a message and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. That hit home with me. But yeah, the processing and the working through of the small group leader is the powerful, powerful thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love that. When I, I ran away whenever I was a senior in high school and the first place I ran was to my ex-boyfriend's house to get his keys, <laughs> but because my mom grounded me for my car. But the second place that I went was my small group leader's house. Yeah. And that is the person that I want to be for the next girl. Totally. Not that I want That's anyone perfect. to run away, but if they're going right. to run away, I want them to run away to a safe, right. safe place. place. Yeah. And a safe person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
So I'm thinking about like you being a small group leader, my sweet angel Dermot, um, my heart for small group leading. What qualities do you think make a great small group leader? Authenticity. I think Mm -hmm. like authenticity, vulnerability, the the willingness to like get low almost like of like um, just willing to like, you know how Jesus loves us so much like a dad and he gets on our level to tell us that he loves us. So he'll like, if we're, you know what I mean? I picture like a dad and his kid and and the, and the dad getting down on his knees to meet eye to eye with the kid to say like, mm-hmm. I love you. I forgive you. Like, I think that that goes hand in hand, the small group leading, not that we're their parents. Um, we're actually not even close to that, but that we're willing to get low and look them in the eye and um, listen to them. And I just think like the more authentic you are, the easier it is for people in general, small group leading or not, the more authentic you are, the easier it is for people to connect to you and with you and feel like they can be vulnerable with you. And so I've learned in my years of ministry to just be authentically myself. Like, don't be so afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Walk closely with Jesus and then be authentically yourself, be who he made you to be. And whenever you do that, people are so drawn to you because they're like, oh, she's a real person. Like she's not trying to be anything that she isn't. Um, Cause for years of my life, I was trying to be something that wasn't yeah. and uh, people did not flock to me nearly as, as much. So <laughs> I think authenticity, vulnerability, willing to just like be honest. Like, I think there's just this, like somebody asked me recently, I was at a conference and one of the moms came up to me and she's like, I'm a small group leader to senior girls. And I just cannot get them to open up. Like, what do you, what do you suggest? And I was like, have you had them over to your house? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. invite them over. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Do you think that's going to help them open up? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, invite them to your house and have a movie night. Don't make it a Bible study. Have a movie night. Or yeah. invite them over and have a game night. And and spend, you have to live alongside. And so when you mm-hmm. do that, it's just like, there's so much trust that comes with, oh, this person like loves me and just wants to be around me. They don't have any kind of ulterior motive to like get me to heaven. You know what I mean? Obviously that is the motive. That is the goal. Yeah, yeah, sure, but, sure. But we want to love people where they are. And when we do that, then they're drawn. So I would say just authenticity, vulnerability, and willingness to just like get low and be on their level with them is really important. Yeah, I love that. And it's, I'm just really fighting an urge to also include yin yang twins in the get low Um I, I thought about it the whole time. I was like, okay, why thank did I you. Say that? I literally wrote it down because I was like, don't oh, say perfect. it. Perfect. I wrote yeah. it down so I wouldn't say it. But I, I, I almost said it. I almost started singing it. And then I was like, I don't know if this is the place, but I, you know what? It is the place because that's exactly where my mind went. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. I'm so glad we're on the same page. <laughs> but I will just circle back to drive your point home. Because, I mean, not that you didn't, but it was just so true. It's so true. And I'm relating it back to just my life and because I'm just doing that today, I guess a lot in college, whenever I felt the most connected to my friends, it was doing stupid stuff like going to the grocery store or, Hey, we just come with me to get gas. Like, why was, why did we do that? Like we were just totally whatever. We did nothing alone. And I feel like that is even the silly things that I would do with my girls. I'd be like, I need to go do this. Do you want to just come, come? run this errand with me. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Like 
so many times, like my most recent small group, so many times we just went to Target and like just went to like, we just, it was never like, hey, come over and let's formally study this book. It was like, we went to Target and then we just talked about like what, what's God doing in our lives. And if God opened a door for like a super vulnerable cry sesh, we would, I would dive at first and let them cry. And, you know, but more, more often than not, it was the Target trips. So, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think getting out of the church environment and it kind of proves like, oh, Jesus can exist outside of these walls. And this is what that looks like. Thousand percent. Because sometimes I even can struggle with that picture. Like, what does he look Mm -hmm. like in the Claire? What does he look like in the grocery store? What does he look like in all these different places? I don't know. Yeah. But I know that one of my friends in college met Jesus in a bar because that's just where we were at the time. And that's when she had questions and we're like, all right, you're literally getting saved in a bar. This is amazing. Totally. I think he's everywhere. So yeah, I love that. What is he teaching you right now? I think in the last like just month of my life, um, he's just really been teaching me that he really is worth it. And that a life living a life that's just fully surrendered um, to him is worth it. Uh, there's been just a cost. And I would just say, yeah, transparently in the last two months has been really God just sat me down really. And was like, you got to get it together. I was spiraling and was really losing just, uh, after I left, um, I was on staff at a church two years ago. I was a part of the church for six years on staff for three. And when I left, it was so brutal. And just so incredibly difficult, but I, at my 30th birthday party, which was this past weekend. And so cute. I just, thank you. I was so honored to like share, like I, they all went around the table and told me what they love about me. And I was just crying. And, um, I, but I got to just share at the end, like that the last two years of my life have just been so incredibly difficult. And I didn't realize how far I had strayed from the Lord. Uh, Christine Mm -hmm. Kane, one of my favorite people in the entire world says that the the only thing that you have to do to drift is nothing. Like whenever you're, you get lost at sea, it's not because you're swimming away from the boat. It's just because you're resting and you're sunbathing and you're on your float and you just float. You don't have to do anything. And I just didn't realize how far I had drifted in the last two years. And just in the last couple of months, God has really um, just been reeling me back in as a faithful friend and father and just really been showing me that he really is worth it. There's a cost and I won't deny that. Um, friends and sometimes fun or what, you know, you thought was fun. You're, you're, my life has just completely done a 180 of, of where I used to hang out and the things I used to do, but God has just always, um, always in the last a couple of months really has just been reminding me. He's like, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. And this life with me is worth it because at the end of every single day, when my head hits the pillow, I'm like, I am walking hand in hand. Like I am so walking hand in hand close to Jesus and not in a sense that I'm better than anybody else, but in a sense of like, I can hear him yeah, and I can like see him in, in the small things, but I can hear him and I can hear his voice. And there's nothing like one of my friends, Nate Farley, just said this a couple weeks ago at Young Adults. He said, There's nothing like going to bed at night and letting your head hit the pillow and knowing like you don't have any unconfessed sin that you're aware of. And I was like, I was like, I want to hit the I want my head to hit the pillow with yeah. no unconfessed sin. <laughs> and then the next day was actually my birthday. My birthday was March 8th. And the next day, 
um, after Arnold, I called my mentor and I just confessed. There was just this one thing that I could think of um, that I hadn't confessed yet. And I, on my birthday, I was like, good morning. Uh, I need to confess sin to you. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I, I confessed my like last bit of sin that I was aware of that I was walking in. And it's so true what he said that there's nothing like your head hitting the pillow. And so he really is just teaching me that he's worth it, that it is hard. And that sometimes it's really just downright, not fun, but that he's so worth it. And a life with him walking closely with him is just so worth it. Yeah. That is incredible. I mean, everything that you just said for, and with your own words and with Nate's and Christine's, I'm like, I'm just going to be soaking that in all the rest of the day. It's really I, good. I just had a conversation like <clears throat> probably two months ago, probably honestly with two of my friends. And I was like, I'm just going to be real. Like, I don't really feel like doing spiritual disciplines because I'm just not ready for spiritual warfare. Like I'm just so tired. And I know that if I don't do anything, I'm not going to get an attack from the enemy. Thousand percent. But then I'm like, I'm so far from the Lord. Yep. Like if the enemy is not seeing me as a threat, that yep. what am I doing for the kingdom? Yeah. So then I was like, okay. Fine. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, of course, like getting back into spiritual disciplines, have revelation after revelation after revelation. And I'm just like, yep. Dang, like this is what you're missing when you're drifting. Yeah. It's and it's like there's just such a sweetness of being close to Jesus that literally can nothing can take the place of it. Nothing, no relationship, no, I'm mean, like no, no thing, like not even the best ice latte you've ever had in your life can <laughs> compare to like the sweetness that it is to like trust Jesus, to walk with him, to be able to just go to him and in the car, like I just turn the music off whenever I'm stressed about something. I'm like, Lord, I I need help. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just start praying and I start asking. Like it's just like a sweetness is the word that I can't, I just that's what's coming to mind. There's just a sweetness of being able to walk like so closely with him that there's nothing like it. They're just there really isn't. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I'm so thankful that there's, that your voice is in obviously the space of the internet where anybody can access it, but more specifically in the lives of these young adults that you are actively pouring into and have not only a heart for, but an anointing um, to serve. Like that's very apparent. Um, And I'm just so thankful that you are just listening to the sweetness of his voice and walking in it because it's, it's obvious. I mean, it is shining a light to all kinds of people and they are drawn to it. Just like you were talking about, like, that's what they're drawn to. They're more drawn to Jesus and you're the conduit. And that's amazing. Thank you. I love it. Okay. So last thing, where can we hang out with you online? We just talked about, Um, we talked about TikTok, but say it again. Yeah. My Instagram and my TikTok handle are both at Abercrombie Lacey. Amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out. You're the best. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for spending time with us today and hanging out here on Wild Confidence. I hope that you feel encouraged and ready to tackle the day, feeling even more confident than you did before you started listening. I'd be so thankful if you left a review or shared this episode with a friend and I'll see you soon. Oh, don't forget. Let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Ainsley B and I hope to meet you there.